0: Hey, this is Kim Davis, and welcome back to our one-on-one series. My guest today is Nicholas Bidon, who's global CEO of Zaxys. Welcome. Thank you, Kim. And we should say Zaxys is a very large and very significant player in the digital media, programmatic media space. And what we thought we'd talk about today is really all things digital and programmatic media, which is a big topic to bite off. It sure is. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's start off. We were just, before I, I hit record, we were just talking about ad tech and martech. And this is the conference season. I've just been to a, a conference hosted by Oracle. I'm about to go to one hosted by Adobe. And um, those big martech vendors, they're playing a little bit in the ad tech space. And I understand from what you were saying, we're seeing a bit in the other direction. So can we talk first about the convergence of martech and ad tech?
1: Yeah, I think it's a it's a very uh, real and very interesting trend where, basically, from both angles, we're seeing companies trying to bring the latest in terms of technology and what you can do with data to try to improve that single view of the consumer. And I think it's even more important to do so now because the consumer journeys for most uh, you know purchase cycles or. Uh, most uh, I would say objectives in marketing tend to be even more complex than they used to be with a lot of different touch points and a lot of different uh, media space and so as a brand if you want to effectively uh, spend your digital investments in media or in marketing it becomes more and more important to try to put together that single view of the customer and um, I think this will enable Ideally, if it's uh, executed well, less but more relevant ads uh, for things that, from a consumer perspective, should be more interesting and um, you know less intrusive. So I'm pretty hopeful that uh, you know in the big evolution of marketing as a science, uh, we will continue to make significant progress over the years to come.
0: I'm, I can see the way in which the the two spaces do come together because. In MarTech, there's a lot of focus right now on developing sophisticated data solutions whereby you can have one profile of the customer, Mm -hmm. updated as close to real-time as possible, appending all kinds of uh, external data to it and really know where they are and what they're looking at. And I don't know how many of our listeners have noticed this, but programmatic advertising is already pretty effective at at this. I mean, if I if I research a company, mm-hmm. then I go to a different device, a different website, right. and I will start being shown programmatically ads which are relevant to my previous researches.
1: Yeah, I think what what you refer to is probably what most consumers experience, which is uh, you know the simplest I would say form of programmatic, which is retargeting, mm-hmm. and essentially, as you say, it's um, you know a, a brand trying to reengage with you if they think you may have an interest in their services even though you may be in a totally different environment. Now, I think when it's done well, it's, of course, very effective and, and frankly, can also bring value uh, to you as a consumer. But when it's done poorly, and unfortunately it's still done quite poorly by a lot of players, um, you know, everybody has a horror story of that, you know, pair of shoes that they actually bought and that still chased them on the Internet for the next 10 days Mm -hmm. because somehow... Uh, Going back to your point on convergence, that particular brand didn't work in an integrated system and therefore, um, even though you are now a paying customer of the brand, they're still wasting their marketing budget trying to uh, get you to buy. And I think that's exactly the kind of things that Zaxis we try to avoid is to, uh, you know waste our clients' money by basically uh, engaging audiences that either aren't relevant or that have already completed whatever desired action the brand wanted.
0: Right, so ideally your transactional data, your point of sale data, purchase data is going to be talking in some way to your, your advertising solution. So you don't... Absolutely. Yeah.
1: And, and there's very simple things again that, that
0: you know, we do routinely
1: for our clients but that we feel are not mainstream. And, you know, mm-hmm. one of those is, again, if you as a brand have a database and most of them do of your existing client, the easiest thing to do is to exclude those people from your, right. you know, from your uh, media purchase. Right. Because most brands go towards marketing and media to get new clients. Okay. And it's technically actually quite easy to do this. Right? You could have a, a pixel excluding your existing clients based on the, uh, the database that you have, and yet a lot of companies don't do it. And I think it shows the, the potential uh, of these kind of technologies, but uh, it shows also the, the danger in a way of thinking that yeah. technologies like programmatic, like MarTech are simple and that anyone can do a great job with them. <laughs> it still takes a lot of uh, you know, expertise and a lot of knowledge in the space to leverage it
0: to the fullest. Uh, that, that, that's clear. Uh, you mentioned retargeting as being kind of a traditional programmatic approach, mm-hmm. which just sowed the seed um, in my mind. Are we at the stage yet where we can do kind of predictive program programmatic? Like you know enough about that profile, that customer, you can actually predict what they're going to want to see in terms of that.
1: Yes, well it, it's certainly uh, a direction in which we are going mm-hmm. at access. and we spent the last three years building um, a machine learning platform we called Co-Pilot mm-hmm. which essentially um, tries to sift through you know, the large uh, data sets that we have either from our own historical campaigns or from uh, sometimes our clients' um, data. To really try to build models um, that are uh, meant to predict, to your point, you know, what is the likelihood of a particular prospect to do whatever action we're after. So, and again, that action could be, you know, booking a hotel room, completing a purchase, downloading a a brochure for a new car, whatever it may be. And that's really interesting, I think, because um, what these kind of new technologies brings to the table is the ability to do this at a scale that was unsinkable for a human to do and and the reality is again back to those consumer journeys which tend to be more and more complex there's more and more data if as a human planner in a media agency you're trying to make sense of you know what happened in the past and maybe a good prediction of what will happen in the future it's extremely difficult to do And what machines are very good at is to finding patterns. And um, that's what we try to do, is to find patterns in those data sets to try to predict the likelihood of an action. And based on that likelihood, we adjust the price at which we buy the media Mm -hmm. accordingly. So if we think, you know, you're in the market to buy a car, and, you know, we've seen you actually play with the car configurators on a couple of... Uh, occasions and you know we noticed that uh, you've been also uh, driving towards the vicinity of dealerships etc <laughs> yeah and we have an opportunity to serve you a mobile hat to uh, to book a test drive we're potentially willing to pay a lot of um, I would say a lot of money but uh, in comparison right more than you know somebody who we Either know nothing about, or who clearly is not in the target audience for for you know test driving that particular car model, yeah. and I think that's that's what's interesting is that a dynamic element of campaigns and this ability, because of technology like machine learnings, to learn from the past to try to improve the future.
0: So there's a link between what I think I probably call a propensity score, mm-hmm. and the price you want to pay for the That's inventory. That's yeah,
1: What the algorithm actually yeah. does is uh, it leverages that propensity score, which more and more we developed a specific algorithm per client. Mm-hmm. So what we calculate is um, customized, if you want, for the business of our clients. And based on that score, um, it modifies the bids for media in the auctions, because um, as maybe um, you know your listeners know a lot of the media today is bought on an auction basis so there's not a fixed price for media that price is actually variable
0: yeah yeah and just thinking just pushing the envelope a little bit further I hear a lot these days about micro moments especially because people are so often engaging with brands on a device they could be anywhere they could be engaging for just a few minutes is there the idea of serving them the right ad not just the right ad, but serving it at the right time. How close can you get with AI doing that?
1: Yeah, I think it's it's again the device type, for instance, or even the time of day, certainly some of the parameters we include in the um, data sets that constitute the learnings for our algorithms. Um, and you're absolutely right, there's certain ads, so again, am I going to fill fill in a long form to book a test drive, maybe on a, on a mobile device when I'm waiting for my bus at eight right. in the morning? <laughs> Probably not, depends on if the bus is in time, I guess. But, but again, these kind of activities we find are maybe more suited for, you know, when you're sitting in front of a, a, a device with a keyboard, whether it's at work or at home. And so again, we can, I think, more and more, um, you know, utilize these kind of parameters um, to try to determine exactly what's said, Not only is it the right audience um, uh, but how can we show them the right ad with the right call to action which okay. again if it's just about reinforcing that message maybe it's about you know showing you a great video about the car that we know you might be interested in and following up later on when we see you again you know on the new york times reading the news uh, <laughs> yeah. to to try to get you to book the t- the test drive so you're right it's a lot about taking these elements in play not just the demographics or the you know are you in the demographic target audience or the interest target audience but also what is the weather like what device are you on what's the time of day and what's the most likely to succeed
0: right and stepping away from personal devices for a moment um, another space where I'm aware that programmatic is having some impact is out of home advertising, which mm-hmm. used to be just like slap a poster up there with some glue, but it's it's all digital now, so of course that's another space for you to play in, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's a great uh I we think it's a very exciting nascent channel for programmatic and in um you know, in certain countries, we've seen some of the major players in the space. So a company like JC Deco, for instance, who are quite uh, prevalent in, let's say, the UK, for instance, really starting to invest massively in programmatically enabling the digital screen right. uh, that they have on out of uh, home. And that could be, again, in the subways in you know, in gyms, outside on big digital screens in landmark places. And the reason we think it's very interesting is because, again, you can use um, not only our data but also our clients' data to uh, make better buys and make those buys more efficient. So simple use case, let's say you want to you know, buy the, uh, an out-of-vote campaign on digital screens for every screen which is within, uh, let's say, two miles of a particular store location or dealership doing this kind of things in the past would have taken, you know, probably 20 planner buyers, a lot of phone calls, and and would have been quite complicated. Now you can literally put in the the geo-coordinates of the dealership or the retail stores, basically put a simple instruction line saying, we'd like to, you know, again, pay that price to book the screens within that range, and you can, um, you know, you can deliver. So, I think that that same power of transformation of programmatic, which is at the end of the day about automating mm-hmm. and about using data to make more efficient buys, is starting to come to um, new channels. Uh, out of Home is one. Another one that excites us is um, connected TV. For oh, okay. Instance, yeah. Where um, also as user um, behaviors change and more and more of, of what would have been considered prime time content right. is getting you know consumed uh, either on demand or on you know mobile device or via uh, connected TV um, we basically have the opportunity to leverage the same kind of technology like machine learning targeting etc on this kind of bigger screens in the living room um, on this prime content and that's that I think is going to be the what drives the next phase of growth for okay. programmatic.
0: And as you say if it's done well then the consumer should be happy because they're being shown intelligent relevant messages.
1: Yes. Intelligent, I don't know, because often that's uh, <laughs> them to the creative. And <laughs> yes. some creatives are absolutely brilliant, and some others you're like, but where they thinking? <laughs> but let's say relevant is uh, it's, it's certainly more, more relevant to uh, your interest and, and uh, your personality is what we're, we're trying to do. Okay,
0: let's just change gear and talk about um, a few of the challenges which are facing programmatic, and one mm. which I think is fairly new is this idea that we're, we might be moving towards a kind of page-free world, by which I mean we've moved from uh, desktops to laptops to mm-hmm. tablets and phones. But what about voice? What about when people start in- spending a lot of their time engaging digitally through voice devices, personal assistants? Does that kind of push programmatic aside?
1: Well, I, I think uh, it's bigger than that. I think it's more like you know, does it push advertising? <laughs> like because you know, again, the the reality, and I've I've seen some funny cartoons about that. But is you know, again, the day where you ask your Alexa or you know mm-hmm. Google, whatever Google Home or, or Siri or whoever the other assistants <laughs> yeah. are these days, um, to, for instance, you know, buy some uh, toilet paper. Um, Again, either you will have the preferred brand and you'll say the brand Mm -hmm. and the order will be directly placed on that. But if you're a new brand or if you're a brand with maybe not the leading position in the market uh, and just use the generic terms, the chances are that Amazon will have its own uh, potentially white label product that they will be more than happy to give to you. Mm -hmm. And again, between you and I, you know how many consumers really care about the brand of toilet paper they use, right. and and obviously you know saying that um, there's billion dollar industries about branding toilet paper, so <laughs> clearly there there must be people who yeah. have a preference for that, but but I think it shows again the challenge this will pose to marketers in general, which is when when it becomes transactional because of the voice-driven and the, the intelligence assistant mm-hmm. and the connection to the fulfillment part of it, um, you know, how do you market to a robot? How do, <laughs> how do you make sure as P&G or Kimberly-Clark or whoever it may be, Unilever, then when somebody says, hey, i need new soup, uh, the soup that gets delivered is yours and not the competition.
0: Right. That, another challenge which um, perhaps isn't new but it's uh, very high profile right now is brand safety because of course if we're in an environment of programmatic buying it's not a question of I am placing this ad on this page of this magazine It's much can be much more unpredictable where your advertising ends up and I must say re- researching this I've been absolutely astonished at the mainstream family friendly brands I've seen with ads popping up in the most inappropriate circumstances. Mm. Is this something your clients are concerned about?
1: Yeah, it's, it's uh, certainly something our, our clients are very concerned about and it's something we take great care and, and focus on. Um, I think you're right, if you're not careful, you can easily find yourself in places you don't want to be. But I want to point out that there are technical solutions mm-hmm. um, to make sure that this does not happen. Uh, things like carefully curating uh, what we call in the industry a whitelist yes. of publishers, which is basically a positive list of determining exactly who you want to be serving on and nobody else. Or if you want to be a little wider in your approach, you can use blacklist, which is you know uh, basically a negation type of approach where you say you can be a little broader, but at least I do not want to be on this kind of domains. Or this kind of publication, you can also use specific keywords to mm-hmm. say I do not want to be, um, you know, appearing on any article content about these particular topics. Because again, you know, you take the New York Times, great publication. I don't think anybody would say it's a brand safety issue to be on the New York Times. But the reality is, again, the New York Times do report about things like, you know, terrorism and plane crash and other things, yeah. which brands do not want to appear against, and again, there are technical solutions to make sure that this doesn't happen. Um, so I think, you know, like everything, the, the, the misconception, I think, and I, I, want, I want to be uh, clear about this, is that programmatic is easy, mm-hmm. and, programmatic, and I think it's a very powerful technology uh, which, which can give the power to a small brand and, and one individual in an agency or brand, the ability to you know, buy um, uh, publications uh, at scale across the entire world uh, and in real time, which is amazing. But again, if you don't do it well, you can
0: also get your hands burned that, <laughs> or fingers burned. That seems a perfect note to leave it on. Nicholas, thank you so much for joining us, giving us this overview of that space. Thank, oh, you.
1: thank you, Kim.